Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast. I am your co-host Neve, Soga by Nia and I A. And my pronouns are she, her, and Fay Femme Fair. And I'm joined by my other co-host. Hi everyone. I'm Connor. Uh, my pronouns are he his. And so for today, this is this episode's kind of one that I just hope will hang out in the feed. Um, if you're listening when this first goes up, this is like, hey, here's an intro to us in general. Here's a little interest of what this podcast is going to be. Um, if you're coming at this after we've already done a ton of anime series, you might also pop down here, listen to this, and it'll, it'll give you a little bit of context about what's going on and just kind of how to maybe approach this. So, like, I think I think the biggest thing here is if you are listening to this episode and, like, the show's been running for a while, if you want to just, like, quickly get into another thing, feel free to just stop listening and, like, pick a series that interests you. And then also feel free to listen along with whatever is currently happening. But, you know, this this podcast is specifically designed to be something where... I want discussions around a specific anime series to be something that can kind of stand alone. So I, I'm intentionally, uh, as we'll get into, like breaking out everything that's around one one series is going to be like a season of this podcast. So hopefully there's no overlap in terms of like the actual structure of the podcast. Although there are definitely moments where we will probably refer to other series that uh, we've watched or we will watch when it becomes relevant. Um, I know we have planned like this series of Evangelion, Magic Knight Ray Earth, and then Utena. And I, I think all of those series are to some degree or another in conversation with each other. So I, I feel like there'll be some talking uh, about the other series as we go but at the same time that's it's not like required to to listen to this whole podcast from the very beginning to know what any of this is about i think overall the the goal that we have here is just illuminating things that we're noticing in the anime and especially bringing in some of our film studies background or or humanities in general i know i'm specifically so connor and i we went to the same grad program um I, i'll let you say the name of the university if you feel comfortable connor i'm fine with it but i don't know about you <laughs> well i mean we have to you know we have to play up the prestige of the podcast right i think we oh have my to God. say it <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean if yeah. they don't know that we went to a top tier university then uh they might not they might not take us as seriously <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we both went to the University of Chicago. Despite what Connor is saying, I would not recommend it. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. it it was um, a lot of money, and I, I don't actually think I got too much from it other than, like, honestly, the best class that I took was a class on Yakuza cinema, which um, will certainly inform some of what we talk about. But o- overall, like, not not worth the money I spent, I'll be honest, it, um, <laughs> it's it's a place of of great uh pain and and suffering for a lot of people yeah uh, myself I, included yeah i thought that i wanted to go into academia especially after undergrad i was like it's really cool just talking about films all the time um and having this like be what i do with my life and then i went to the university of chicago and it killed any desire i had to exist in academia it is such a like wretched world and so this is like more what i wanted which is let's just do a podcast where we talk about anime and we bring in like film studies and political theory and especially on on my angle queer theory just to help understand it and also like to to be honest, we so I mentioned that we both went to the same grad program, but we actually went different years. We both met at a job that basically, um, how, how would you describe it, Connor? Preyed Har- on harvest, harvested poor souls, yeah. <laughs> harvested souls from the University of Chicago Master of the Arts uh, program in the humanities, and put them to work for honestly way less money than they actually deserve for the kind of advanced legal work that they're doing um i won't get into more detail but that's where we met um and so i'm actually older than connor i went to the university of chicago like multiple years before you i think but we yeah but we both definitely have like a similar background you know in general 
But, uh, you know, later on, you moved away because you're a jerk. You left me. And so now I'm like, let's do a podcast so I can talk to you outside of our tabletop role playing game, which is also the other time I get to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you can text me anytime. That also that also works. But you need to get line. I don't text people. I use line <laughs> because when you're texting people, sometimes you want to express something, but like you don't want to use words. And so they have very good stickers. Line has the best stickers, including Ghost in the Shell stickers. So also Evangelion stickers. So I'm like, I'm telling you, Connor, you need to get line. It's better than texting. I'll actually message you if you have line. Uh, <laughs> any of my friends who have line can confirm that I actually message them online. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm warming up to it. You're slowly convincing me. Yeah. Um, but yes, we, we need some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of apparatus, some sort of structural, like, imperative to speak to each other. Or else we're just like, we, yeah, we never talk. That's not true. <laughs> but still, like, usually when I message you, it's either this or our tabletop game or occasionally, like, look at this photo of my child. <laughs> That's like the three reasons that I text you. Um, Which are three fantastic reasons, I will say. But uh, anyway, do you want to talk a little bit about um, kind of how how this podcast came about? You know, the idea behind it and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, beyond the like the true idea behind it is just, hey, Connor and I talk about anime sometimes. Let's just do a podcast of that, especially now that you moved. Um, that's the true idea behind this. But as I thought about, like, what would it be like to do a podcast? I was like, okay, I'm going to try and make a podcast that I would want to listen to. And also one that I would like to do, which are related, but also slightly separate or like have their own demands. I, I think a big part of what's a podcast that I would like to do is part of why there is this structure that we have where a lot of podcasts that will talk about like an anime series We'll talk about maybe two episodes per podcast episode. So there'll be two episodes of the anime that you watch, then you listen to the podcast, and it'll probably be weekly. That's kind of like a standard rewatch, or sometimes it'll even be one episode. For this, I wanted to condense that down a little bit in some ways because I just don't want to be watching two episodes of the same anime every week for, you know, Ghost in the Shell would be, what, 13 weeks? The way that we have it right now is like we watch this over the course of eight weeks. So, you know, it's a little bit faster for someone watching along. But my my goal overall was I don't want the amount of time that you'd have to sit down and watch the show to exceed like three to four hours runtime, especially if you're watching it without commercials before you get to an episode. So the amount per week is actually still fairly low. And honestly, most of the time it's going to be less than that. But there's definitely series like it gives me flexibility as well, where Ghost in the Shell doing six or seven episodes, as we found out, is actually a lot to get through in (laughs) one episode of a podcast. Shows like when we get to Magic Knight Ray Earth, I think we're going to be watching more episodes because the pacing of that show is just slower and it's just not nearly as dense in terms of themes that it's playing with. Not that there won't still be interesting conversations when we get to it. I, I'm sure we'll have interesting things to say. But I, I think it's a show that we can speed up a little bit more than we can something like Ghost in the Shell. So it also just gives me that extra flexibility to say what feels like an appropriate amount of like show for us to discuss. And to, de- to define that more broadly than let's always break it down by two episodes at a time. I know sometimes you can get fun episodes where you're like, these two episodes were very obviously filler and we have to find stuff to say about it. But as someone who especially just wants to record this and make a good podcast, I would rather just get into the meat of things. And so in some ways, I also took as inspiration for this format. Uh, Waypoint did Evangelion when it first came to Netflix, and they did a a somewhat similar approach in terms of how they broke down what episodes they were going to talk about. And like, I, I just enjoy a show being able to say, let us jump into what we actually really want to talk about with the show. And if we decide to throw away little scenes that's okay 
and especially since I know there are so many rewatch podcasts that do it the other way, I'm kind of okay with doing it this way, even if we sometimes might miss uh, having to, in order to like make a good podcast, talk about a stupid scene for like a half hour and just making goofs. Um, So, you know, this is, this is really me saying, Hey, this is the kind of anime podcast that I don't see a ton of, but that I actually enjoy listening to sometimes. And that I, I think would be fun to do and to have deeper conversations with a friend and also guests when we get to it. Definitely. And I think uh, in terms of the subject matter that we choose, so, you know, I think when we were beginning to, when we were really first kind of starting to become friends, we, we have a, a lot of touchstones, I would say, but the mutual love of anime was was a big one. And I think, you know, for whatever reason, we both, obviously we watch newer anime but we both just have these attachments to older anime series and just organically kind of, as you mentioned previously, well, we would have these conversations about them and that was just a really great experience. So on one hand, it's kind of like, yeah, let's keep having these conversations about old anime, which is this thing that we mutually love. And then on the other hand, you know, I think with newer anime, just by virtue of being new, there's more attention on them. And so there's there's no lack of, of discussion really being had. Uh, whereas with older anime, I think it's sometimes interesting to kind of look back um, on something that, even you know, even if they're popular anime, like Ghost in the Shell or uh, Ava, looking back and kind of bringing a new perspective or trying to bring a new perspective to something older is is something we both enjoy. Hence the concept of ghost divers. Also related thematically to the first anime that we'll be touching on here. And just to, again, add to um, what you've already laid out, I think my main goal with the podcast is never going to be to do some sort of comprehensive, like totalizing analysis where it's like, oh yeah, we've explained, you know, we've provided the final explanation of Ghost in the Shell or whatever series, I think instead, for me at least, I would just like to to raise observations and things that um, either you or I have seen and then eventually your guests when we get to that point and just have discussions um, and hopefully bring out some interesting concepts or themes that someone who is either a fan of the series or watching it for the first time, just something that can you know, maybe enrich or provide something additional for someone who's watching this series. Yeah, I, I think we, we've alluded to it already, but I also just want to do like an explicit, here's the breakdown of what seasons of this podcast are going to look like. So for each series that we're doing it, I'm calling it like a season of our podcast. And the first episode of our podcast is going to be an intro episode. So it'll talk a little bit about why we chose this series. Um, We might get in a little bit to some of the themes that we're going to talk about. And also we're going to talk about some work cited. So for some of this, we might bring in theoretical texts. And I want to kind of front load those at the very beginning in case someone's like, I actually do want to also read along with this podcast. They can uh, seek those out and have some time to read them before like an episode drops. And then at the very end, and I'm actually going to do it at the end, like we'll have the whole podcast. We'll say the little outro, everything. There'll be the ending theme for whatever that episode is. And then at the end, we're going to have content warnings. I'm dislocating it from the rest of the episode because I know there are some people who are like, I really want to go in blind and I don't want to have any idea of what's going to happen. And so for those people, I want to remove that here's a content warning section in this way that it becomes more opt-in. But I do encourage people for those episodes to listen for, you know, here's the end of the the episode. Here's a little content warning, Um, especially if there's anything that you might be sensitive about, just because I also I'm a big proponent of content warnings. I'm also have no opinion about spoilers. Like often a spoiler has made me some interested in something. And I think content warnings can be a very good way to prepare people to actually engage with the text because they can enter into like, they can make a conscious choice to say, I'm going to 
engage with this material that might be otherwise um, upsetting or in extreme cases psychologically triggering for me. And I can go into it with some preparedness so that I am actually ready to pay attention to what's happening and, and think about it and not just feel shocked and surprised and like viscerally affected by by what happened. But again, I know some people don't like content warnings because they can like feel like spoilers or something. I am not one of those people, but that's one of the reasons why I'm sort of breaking it off. I'll also, for all the episodes, they're going to be in the episode description. Again, people can choose to not read them if they want, but I just want those front-loaded, especially for if we're going to discuss it in the episode proper. I'm going to make sure that the description has, like, here's what we discussed, perhaps even here's the times where we talk about it, so that someone can skip ahead if they need to. After that first episode, there's going to be what I call the discussion episodes, and they'll kind of be, it'll start with episode two, and it will go for however long the series is. So for Ghost in the Shell, we have four discussion episodes. We're going to do Cromartie High next. We're going to have just two episodes, discussion episodes for that, because it's pretty short. And then, like, when we do Magic Knight Ray Earth, I think it might end up being, like, five or six, because we're going to do season one and two back-to-back, just because I think the the conversation that's happening between those two seasons is interesting enough that it is. Um, and also like the, the whole tone of those two seasons and themes of those two seasons feel so disjointed as well that I, I think it's kind of interesting to do them. Like let's do one and then immediately the other. And after that, so all of that I just described, that like first episode, the intro episode, and then those discussion episodes, we are recording these well in advance. This is so that I have time to edit them, uh, make sure that they're good, blah, blah, blah. In addition to having a child that I mentioned earlier, uh, which can kind of interfere with my schedule, it just takes a lot of pressure off of me to like quickly edit and get episodes out. The one case where I'm breaking that is just the question bucket and general discussion episodes because the plan is people can write in questions at ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. Um, if you're writing in, just put the series in the subject of the email. It'll help me sort it, especially as this podcast gets going. And then once we get to that discussion episode, which will usually be we'll record it a week after the like final episode, uh, like final discussion episode airs. Then we'll go, and it'll kind of be a general discussion episode, so we'll talk about the questions, or if we didn't get many questions, we might talk about the series as a whole, or maybe even do a little bit of just like, hey, if we want to like fill a little bit of time, let's talk about what else we've been like reading or watching or playing recently, just to kind of have a little something else that's in there, even if we don't get a bunch of questions, which I, I have no idea what that's going to look like. So that's kind of the overall structure of this podcast. Um, I'm sure if you're listening to this after the show's been running for multiple years, you're like, yes, I gathered that looking at the uh, <laughs> the uh, episode list. But I, I still think a little bit of an explicit explanation of it can kind of help people contextualize what's going on. Uh, the other note here is that the question bucket episode is always going to be uploaded at the same time as the intro episode for the next series. So that this is another piece to just kind of note for how we're recording it, how stuff is being released, so people can go, oh, here's that like question bucket general discussion, and here's what we're going to be watching next, and I can start, you know, watching the next series along with them. So at, when this is first going out, it is literally going to be, you know, this episode that we're doing right now, and then the intro episode for Ghost in the Shell are releasing on the same day. And then after that, it will be like question bucket episode with intro to the next series uh, released as separate episodes so that, again, people can pick and choose. And if someone's like, I really don't give any fucking shit about Evangelion. You can literally avoid <laughs> all of our Evangel uh, Evangelion episodes, including the like intro. Here's what we're list or what we're watching next. But yeah, I, I think at this point, the one other thing that might be useful is just to like do a little intro to who we are, what we're hoping to bring to the podcast and like how we first got into anime. I don't know if you have anything that you want to say first or, or I can go. Um, Sure. Yeah, I can go first. So, as you as you have already heard, my name is Connor. PM pronouns. I went to uh, University of Chicago, like Neve, when when I was there, really in undergrad as well. 
my main area of study was basically literary theory and uh, also dabbled in some philosophy, which like you kind of have to do with literary theory. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think, you know, some of my frames of reference will be, um, especially I already know with Ghost in the Shell, I'll bring up some political philosophy from time to time. And uh, later on, when we do our theoretical bullshit, which is that's that's a that is a copyrighted so term for ghost divers. Yeah, and a technical term. <laughs> yeah, theoretical bullshit. Like in in caps, I'll bring in some some literary theory stuff uh, eventually. But as far as anime goes, I think I I had a pretty traditional path to anime, like what you would expect for most Americans of like my demographic. So specifically, like Adult Swim, Saturday Night being up watching tv really late and then catching like cowboy bebop <laughs> that was pretty much my first uh like anime as such and it took a while for it to sink in but eventually it did and then you know after watching cowboy bebop i was really excited so i went on and kind of went through again the more popular samurai shampoo and you know full metal alchemist and stuff like that and then later on in when i was in grad school I saw Ava, which sent me off in a completely different direction. Uh, <laughs> wow, grad school. That's a very different time than when I watched it. <laughs> yeah, watching Ava in grad school is not recommended. Uh, by me, it's not recommended. Um, Honestly, seems better than when I watched it, but it it's fine. <laughs> it's Grad school is dark enough, okay? You don't need, That's to, true. That's you don't need true. to throw Ava in the mix there. But it will touch on that that humorous story um, later when we talk about Eva, I'm sure. And then, uh, you know, that kind of uh, set me off on a deeper dive into anime. And since then, I've just been, you know, watching things as they come up, uh, as they seem interesting. Uh, after we met, kind of started our dialogue, you know, you introduced me to a lot of different uh, anime as well, including Ghost in the Shell, which I had known about, but I hadn't gone around to watching. And, uh, and yeah, so... Eventually, I ended up doing an anime podcast. <laughs> uh, Did I also introduce you to mecha anime, or had you watched that before? I mean, I guess you watched Evangelion, but had you been like watching Gundam before me? Okay, that's a good point, actually. So when I was much, so when I was much younger, when I was like, you know, like eleven, twelve years old, I remember watching Gundam. I can't remember which one it was, um, but I did watch like Gundam on like I guess Toonami. Probably Gundam Wing, which I think was like generally America's first Gundam, and most Americans watched it first. That's also the one that I watched. And if you were like 11, 12, that tracks with when I was watching it because I'm older than you and I was like watching it in high school. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, it, it actually, that's a good point because I guess my relationship with the anime goes back, you know, to all the way to, um, to Gundam, which was my first, you know, my first anime. <laughs> Um, and, uh, to this day, a devout, a devout Gundam fan to, to a degree that's probably annoying. Uh, (laughs) I don't, I don't want to speak for, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, you know. I I, am also a big Gundam fan. I, I just know that the great Gundam project exists and that we cannot compete with them on Gundam. And so I'm like, let's do Gundam, but let's pace it. Let's, let's pace it. (laughs) Yeah, we will. Uh, I think we're eventually going to do Gundam seventy nine, which uh, you know is probably might might be my favorite anime. Um, yeah, we already have uh, like concrete plans to do O eight MS team. Um, I wanted to do it early on just because both of us enjoy mecha anime and Gundam in general a lot, and I think it is it's one that I watched fairly recently. But I agree with uh, Austin Walker was the one who put forward. This is a good first Gundam for people to watch because it's short and contains a lot of the different things that make Gundam both good and bad. And so it's a good one for someone to watch and say, like, am I even going to like Gundam before I commit to a long series? And that's why I I think it'll be nice to have, like, let's just do a two episode discussion, you know, two discussion episodes uh, series about this. Like, I think it was an OVA and have some good conversation and have that be like the intro to hey both of us are big mecha and gundam fans but without 
again, like at the very beginning of this podcast, just dwelling on Gundam for a really long time. Um, again, especially when it's like we can't compete with the gu- great Gundam project. I, I do think it will definitely do Gundam 79 at some point. Um, we actually had it on the list and I booted it in favor of Ghost in the Shell standalone complex second gig just because I want us to talk about that before too long. I also know I really want to talk about Iron-Blooded Orphans at some point which I think is just now getting to be old enough that especially by the time that we get around to it, it'll be like, yeah, this is old enough. This is old enough. (laughs) (laughs) This Um, is no longer relevant. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the defining uh, criterion for inclusion Mm. on the podcast. Um, But yeah, so anyway, um, that's kind of, you know, where I'm coming from. I like to, uh, I like to, you know, throw in, shades of of my personal life and uh you know uh circumstances from the time when i was watching something or other uh occasionally so i'm sure i'll talk more about myself i love doing that as uh as the series goes on but uh yeah for now i'll I'll go ahead and and toss it back over to you yeah so again i'm neve or nia so i honestly go by both technically my my name is neve and the like pet name or nickname for it is nia but i actually went by nia long before i went by neve um if you can't tell by me saying that I, my pronouns are she her and also fey femme fair i am trans and that will come up um, so you know i i think both of us we have a background in the humanities and we have this you know university of chicago specific background the undergrad that I went to was actually a small state school, but that had a decent art program. And I focused on digital cinema. So it was like the actual production. A lot of the films that I worked on were... So at the time, I was already getting influenced by Bazen, which is someone who we've already talked about on the podcast because we've recorded Ghost in the Shell episodes already. And also some other theorists that... So a lot of my approach was not exactly documentary, but it was like... I am trying to record reality and then I am trying to create pieces that are drawing attention to the artificiality of editing or of creating film. And that in doing so, I am like making you aware of what I'm editing or what what I'm producing, what I'm filming as a moment in time that was a real moment that occurred and that I'm now like playing with intentionally in such a way to to draw attention to that like film being something that is always a ghost of like an ephemeral existence so yeah i was doing some art school film bullshit (laughs) basically yeah and uh believe it or not that is not a, a super marketable skill i was not focusing on like highly marketable film work or video work and I almost, I very nearly, I think it was like me and one other person and the other person got hired. I very nearly landed in an editing position to edit together a film called Wrestling for Jesus, I think, uh, which could have been like my chance at getting into the industry. But instead, I went to the University of Chicago and I studied film theory. So um, even when I was doing the production side of a video. I was taking film theory classes at this like small, well, not that small, but this like state school, um, Northern Michigan University, NMU. So, and a lot of that, what I was taking in undergrad, um, the main professor who taught film studies focused on Polish national cinema. So I also have a, a strong background in national cinema and how cinema is engaged in the construction of national identity for, you know, often negative reasons, but also has uh, potential towards revolution or potential towards, like, I think there are cases for the construction of national identity that can be useful. For example, the, like, push for First Nations movements in, like, Indigenous peoples groups um, in the United States and Canada right now. Like, nationalism is a a very complex thing and uh, often becomes negative. It it is a, like, very dangerous sword to play with, but uh, um, I think... I became particularly interested in the construction of national cinema within small nations or nations that had been um, colonial powers. And this merged with my interest in Icelandic um, 
or not colonial powers, uh, like headbeds subject to, yeah, subjects of, of colonial power. And so this merged with my interest in Icelandic music and literature. And so when I went to University of Chicago, my focus and my thesis is about Icelandic national cinema and how Icelandic national cinema is engaged in a dual purpose of creating a global identity or creating a sense of Iceland for the globe. This is how we want to portray ourselves, while at the same time, this is how we are trying to define ourselves internally and the weird contradictions that occur. For example, externally, there's the marketing of Iceland as this like weird magical place where elves exist and blah, blah, blah. Whereas internally, there's a greater sense of skepticism about that. And so that's a lot of what my thesis was about. So that's kind of, that's my background in in film studies. A lot of it comes from, um, there is some formalism, especially if you go to the University of Chicago, it's like impossible to uh, fully escape formalist readings of film. But overall, it was more focused on the politics of film, as well as theories of how film relates to reality and like how film can emphasize its unreality or can by portraying reality in a certain way make you aware of the artifice of film and so this gets into a lot of what i like am going to talk about when you get to the ghost in the shell episodes dear listener um of like death of the aura blah 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 like that is that is my area in terms of producing cinema and yeah so what then happened after i graduated from the University of Chicago, I worked at a video archive, uh, specifically analog video. There's a little bit of digital video, but it was mostly analog. So that includes VHS, beta, as well as formats that most people don't know, like Umatic, Hi8, the very old reel-to-reel video, uh, which is like, they didn't really have a name for it because it was just video. Um, so a-, a lot of like most of it was documentary. Most of it was very leftist. There's lots of like experimental art as well when it wasn't documentary. The The archive is called Media Burn Archive, and it's rad. You can go there. The whole thing is digitizing it because uh, video, like analog video, will literally eat itself. The magnetic tape will, even if you had it in perfect isolation, perfect conditions, the magnetic tape will destroy itself because you have different magnetic signals sitting on top of each other. And so literally the only way to preserve it is just to digitize it and then try and preserve the digital copy. Although actually digital data is less able to be produced uh, or preserved infinitely. There's more risks involved of like hard drive failure and things like that than if you had a reel of film sitting in like ideal conditions. They would actually be lower cost to upkeep would likely last longer than digital data, which also kind of ties into some of my, my like readings of what's going on in Ghost in the Shell. So yeah, a lot of it is from this like very leftist political background. That's most of the, the like even film theory that I'm coming from as well as political theory. And while I was working at that video archive, I, so towards the very end of working there before I then got the job where I, you know, Connor and I met, I figured out that I was trans after a long time of thinking I was just like bi or something. And that was quite a process. And part of that involved me getting very deep into queer theory. I had a little bit of, I had a little bit of backing in queer theory. I'd read a little bit of it just being like, hey, I kind of identify with this term queer or with like being bisexual. And once I came out, I was trans. I, I got way deep into especially queer liberationism and trans liberationism. And so that's definitely a big perspective that I'm bringing to this podcast. Um, and this one's, this is something that I want to, I want to briefly address here when, um, so I, I think part of what's interesting to me about talking about this old anime is that part of the task that I'm doing here is let me look back on a certain era of anime hitting America and a generation of kids starting to watch anime. And I think for many queer people, anime became a certain outlet or way to safely express queerness. And we'll get more into this. We t- I talk about it from like a very different sp- perspective with Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, because I think it is more seriously engaging whether it knows it or not with 
trans themes. I, I use this term resonance a lot, meaning something that is resonating with these themes of queerness, even if, if it is not intentional, it still exists. It is still there. That resonation is significant and I think is what a lot of queer kids in, you know, America watching anime on Toonami and Adult Swim and things like that we're we're t- like tapping into and feeling some sort of connection to and so like i know when we talk about ray earth i'm gonna be talking about this a lot because like honestly when i think back to my past i have trauma around liking ray earth and feeling shame or guilt about liking ray earth and so this is like also one of these things where i'm saying how do we like unpack this thing that happened especially with my generation being one of the first generations to really consume anime as a regular part of the media that that we were engaged with and this is also something that I, I think came up with me being interested in like Icelandic music as well and a thing that I want to continue to be careful about as we do this podcast is there there is in retrospect as I look back on it a certain exoticization of these foreign pieces of media that allowed a projection of otherness for queer people that anime was other because it was Japanese. You know, for me, Icelandic music was other because it was from Iceland and they were singing in these languages that nobody, you know, I was starting to learn some Icelandic because I found it interesting, but none of my peers spoke Icelandic. They did not know what they were singing about. And they didn't know that some of these CRO songs were specifically about like queer relationships. And I did. And it became this thing that was like, a thing that I could latch onto as this thing feels other and I also feel other. And so there's some sort of kinship or way for me to express this. And so that was a a meaningful process to go through as a queer person. And yet I also want to unpack the way that that became deeply exoticizing to other cultures in a way that is not always necessarily healthy. And so I think that's also part of why, like I'm interested in talking about these old anime on this podcast is how do we talk about, the importance of this work for queer people like me growing up while also then separating it out from the the weird ways that that then got tied up into exoticization which like i referred to earlier with iceland includes things with like oh they're so elfish and like you will see people describe björk as like elfish as well because it's like leaning into that exoticization um and that was the thing that i always found Like, that was something I was already starting to find interesting with Icelandic cinema when I was writing about Icelandic national cinema. That, again, like, I wish I could go back and rewrite that thesis from a, holy shit, I'm queer. Let's make this explicitly queer. (laughs) Like, what I'm talking about. Um, Which I just, I I hadn't figured myself out enough yet. Um, So hopefully uh, that's a... I think we all wish we could go back and rewrite our theses. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not, Not do the labor of rewriting it, but, like you know write something uh, yeah better just like go back while we are like our past selves are writing it and just be like do it this way instead (laughs) 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 but then not have to actually do it as our adult selves the ghost Um, of grad school future yeah i i guess my like i've kind of revealed some of it but my my initial introduction to anime was like Pokemon was the big one. Um, I never got super big into Dragon Ball or um, also Power Rangers is kind of like as a tokusatsu Power Rangers is I think closely related to some of this anime stuff. I didn't never got super big into, into those. Um, I watched a little bit of Sailor Moon, but again, I felt like some small amount of shame about it and I, I didn't watch a ton of, of it. And it's one that we might watch, but it's also just so long. I, I don't know how much we will want to actually cover for this podcast of Sailor Moon, especially because I, I would rather talk about. So I also watched a lot of Cardcaptor Sakura. And in the U.S., there was a big push with Cardcaptor Sakura. They changed it to Cardcaptors and they like tried to make it more appealing to like a boy audience as well to try and tap into that like Pokemon uh, broader audience range. And so I think that was the one that I felt the most comfortable watching a significant amount of. And through that, because both Cardcaptor Sakura and uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth are both clamp 
productions. That's where I got into Magic Knight Ray Earth, but that one for some reason with like the kids that I was around was more clearly demarcated as a girl's anime. And so I felt like a greater amount of shame about wanting to read the manga and watch the show. But that was the, one of the first shows that I actually like, I, I didn't watch a ton of it when I was a kid, but I think it was like, I was able to rent a VHS of it or something. And it was definitely from the second season. So it involved Nova who doesn't show up until the second season. And yeah, I won't get too much more into this, but, um, you know, when I was older, I, I watched through all of Magic Knight Rare Earth and I was like, damn, I love this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and then I think like the big moment where I was like, oh, like there's a distinction between I'm watching these shows that to my like child brain are, you know, they're airing alongside Western animation on this like four kids show that I'm, or, you know, channel that I'm watching was Evangelion. I had a friend who I met through LiveJournal who I'm hoping to have on as a guest when we talk about Evangelion for at least one of the episodes. And they introduced me to Ava being like, hey, you're kind of interested in anime. You should watch this. And I watched it and it like fucking blew my mind. Um, And that's when I started watching a ton of anime. So I watched like Kino's Journey around that time. I watched Razefan, which was one of my first big mecha anime outside of Ava. I watched Gundam Wing, tons of other stuff, you know, films like Akira, uh, things like that. So that was, that was like me going from, this is just a cartoon that I'm watching um, and talking about on the playground. Cause it's like on TV to I am seeking out and buying like used box sets because they're fucking expensive new <laughs> for a ton of shows. You know, that's when I watched Samurai Champloo. I never actually watched all of Cowboy Bebop, which is like, yeah, it'll be interesting if we ever do that show. So that's kind of my, my general intro. And then, yeah, I think the one anime that I've watched literally the most is Redline <laughs> um, <laughs> because when I was writing my thesis, I literally just had it on repeat on the television with the Japanese track with no subtitles because it's a show that you can just or a movie that you can just look up and literally every frame is like exquisitely drawn. And so I could just have it on repeat and literally just look at it and just let the like, you know, contextless Japanese words that I don't understand because I'm not that fluent in Japanese. I have like very minimal understanding of Japanese just let it wash over me while I think about something and then go back to writing so um yeah there's a while like I'm surprised Emily didn't kill me with how much I just like had it (laughs) going on loop on our television (laughs) so yeah that's that's me you know as usual I kept it nice and tight uh didn't (laughs) ramble or go on any tangents um that will be that will be a theme, uh, as as our you our dear listeners uh, will will soon find out. Um, yeah, I'm... I think we're both prone to uh, an occasional ramble, which is I mean that's what podcasts totally are. You're just listening to someone ramble. That's that's what you sign up for anytime you listen to a podcast, unless you're listening to those shitty overproduced ones. Stop listening to like Radio Lab or whatever. Fuck that show. Yeah, yeah, lo-fi podcast only. <laughs> yeah. any good podcast should feel a little bit like you are like driving on some remote road at night and you found some weird pirate radio station where someone is just like ranting about communism while like Wu-Tang Clan plays faintly in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Every, Um, every good podcast should sound at least a little bit like it's been recorded in a closet. Yes. Which this one has been. I mean, that's my, that's my motto. That's my motto. Um, so yeah, I guess we can wrap things up here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go ahead and yeah, listen to the like intro to Ghost in the Shell if you're you're listening to this when it launches. And uh, thanks to Export Audio Network. Yes, uh, thank you, Export Audio, for hosting us. You can go to I, I forgot about this when we were recording most of the Ghost in the Shell episodes, but you can go to exportaud.io, which is just a great website URL name, or you can go to Patreon.com/exportaudio. They both go to the same place, but you gotta love export uh, exportaud.io. Um, now I can't say it. <laughs> That's okay. You did it. You got it the first time. So hopefully they typed it in in the browser like right away. Yeah. 
You can follow the show at Ghost Divers Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I shitpost a lot on the Twitter account. I think the Instagram is just going to be like, here's the new episode. I just don't use Instagram enough. I'm sorry, y'all. You can also follow me at FoxMomNia, or if you know my locked, you can follow me on my locked, but only if you know me. I'm not saying it here. Where can people find you, Connor? <laughs> I was just going to let there be awkward silence after you, after that last bit. Um, you all can follow me uh, on Twitter uh, at Rabelais, R-A-B-B-L-E-A-I-S. You, you will find that I don't post on Twitter. So, you know, just be, be sure to hurry up and follow me and get all that good content. Yeah. Um, what I, you all need to do is you need to message Connor and be like, hey, where are the funny tweets? <laughs> uh, I will say, I might regret saying this. If, if just like if we do this and like a bunch of people just start following me, I I will honor that and I will overcome my my reticence to post. I I will take on that burden for for you, for all of you, for our dear listeners. Also, I so that the final ending here, um, I actually didn't put this in our notes, but the intro and outro for this episode is the song first from the implied bear off of their album with us uh literally the day that this episode is dropping which is black friday don't go to the stores there's fucking pandemic going on don't go to stores stay home listen to our podcast and go onto google and search for the implied bear all one word all lowercase find them they have a brand new album out it's called with us they're my friend do it don't go to a store. It's a fucking pandemic. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> there is such a thing as online shopping. But yeah, if you Google the implied bear one word, you'll find all of their stuff. Editor's note. So after we recorded this, I heard from the implied bear. There's been a delay in the distribution process. So everything is produced. Uh, it's literally just the distribution so if you do go to Google and search The Implied Bear, all one word, you can still find the new album on their SoundCloud, but you probably won't be able to find it on a lot of the other websites. So lots of other music you can check out. It's all great. Thanks. Bye. Also, you can like listen to them on Spotify and stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time in uh, Cyberpunk Japan.
I'm rowdy today. I am on one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Uh, you got to use that. You got to use that that fuel. <laughs>